Hey everyone, I'm Jackson Van Horn and you're listening to Heritage in Hollywood. Throughout the year, co-hosts and I here at Van Moto Media will talk to industry professionals working in entertainment. We'll be discussing our guests' work and how their heritage and identity shaped their experience in the industry. You may notice some of the audio is not the best quality. That's because these interviews first air on Instagram Live, so be sure to follow Van Moto Media and me, Jackson Van Horn, on Instagram to hear about them first. So now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Hi. The week is... We're almost there. Hey. Hey. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. All right, so we'll wait another minute to see if a few other people join. Um... Hey. Um, but no, yeah. How's your week going so far? Um, I mean, it's been a crazy week, but uh, I just came back to um, my home, which is a suburb in Boston, or it's not technically Boston, it's a suburb in Massachusetts called Concord. And so uh, obviously I go to USC like you, um, just flew back home. Um, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in New York, so not so, not too far from you, but yeah, no, I definitely get you. It's nice to be home. Um, but no, yeah, so okay, so we could definitely get started. So um, I'm excited to speak to our guest today. So our guest is Thomas Percy Kim. He is a Korean-American writer and director. His debut stop-motion short film, Treasure, has screened all across the world, earning him many awards, including the Young Arts Gold Medal, um, just at the age of 17, so super impressive. Um, since then, he's gone on to sign with the agency APA. Um, his live action short, C, was sold and distributed by HBO. Um, his latest short, Busan 1999, won Best Narrative at the San Francisco Film Fest, qualifying for the 2023 Oscars. And furthermore, Thomas is developing a feature-length film called Isle Child with executive producer Jim Cummings. So a warm welcome to you, Thomas. Um, congrats on all of that. I mean, there's so much to cover. Um, but no, yeah, congrats on just all of that. Thank you. Yeah, no, you never, I never really think about that kind of stuff. But I guess, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm just like a, a termite, you know, if there's wood, I'm just going to gnaw on it. You know, if, if there's a story to be told or just something, it just, you know, you know, you know, you know, as an artist, just to be do the thing and then whatever happens, happens. Um, but yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, you. absolutely. So first off, I guess, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from and how did you get into filmmaking? Yeah, um, well, I'm just saying some familiar names, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, basically, you know, I'm from this town called Concord in Massachusetts. It's uh, at least when I was coming up, growing up here, you know, it's a very, it was a very uh, non-diverse, um, very rich, very colonial place. Um, you know, you, maybe you've heard of the Battle of Lexington and Concord. Um, and growing up here, you know, you know, I was, I was none of those things, you know, I was, I was obviously very diverse and, you know, I'm not white, you know, uh, surprised. Um, I maybe, you know, I started from maybe a slightly lower place in life, uh, financially perhaps. And, um, you know, it, it was, I never really made an effort to speak and hang out with like the other Asian American kids in my school, like the handful that were there. Um, and I think a big part of that was just because of this, internalized self-oppression against who I am. Like, I didn't want to taint my image by associating with the handful of other 
Asian Americans in my school. And in, and I, I guess I found filmmaking um, through photography. I first, you know, when I moved here, I found a camera in my parents' closet. It was the Canon T3i, like the one everyone starts with. And um, I began taking photos and I was like the artsy Instagram kid in middle school. I, I tried to sign up for a photography class in high school. And, you know, my counselor said that, you know, all the, basically, basically all the, like the Visco girls signed up for the, uh, the photography class in high school. And so I, my guidance counselor told me to take a filmmaking class. So I thought that was like film, you know, like film photography. Um, and I took filmmaking class and I was not surprised. I mean, we were interviewing kids about their thoughts on like the Iranian war or something, you know, these like freshman kids. And so I thought it was like really, really uh, lackluster and kind of quite dull. Um, but as I began to, you know, explore with the medium, you know, as they say, it's like 24 frames per second, 24 pictures a second or whatever. Right. Um, I just found like found it to be a medium where it could be, you know, very expansive and like, you know, if, if used right, it could be, uh, yeah, very like, you know, expansive. Um, and so I began playing with it, uh, did a Kickstarter freshman year of high school, raised, raised like five grand and then, you know, uh, began working on the stop motion short film called Treasure um, for three years, three and a half years. Um, and then at the end of that, I know I, I began reflecting on my own identity. I wanted to write a live action um, script and I didn't know where to begin. So I just started reflecting internally, you know, like, who am I? What are the stories I want to tell? Blah, blah, blah. And I reached out to a friend of mine named C, um, who was Korean American. He's adopted by white parents. And um, in late night after shift work or conversations with him at, in the basement of an ice cream parlor where he worked. Um, you know, we realized that a lot of our experiences were similar. I mean, obviously they're very different, him being adopted and, you know, um, but, you know, we both faced this internalized self-hatred, I guess, against who we were, you know, because we were so isolated from each other and we didn't know that our experiences were, you know, in fact, very universal. Um, and so, you know, I basically took that idea. I was like, I've never seen this story or these feelings said in a movie or in media, um, or at least not mainstream media. And so I began writing uh, the short film C. Um, we raised, uh, you know, everyone on that team was cold emailed, cold called. Most of, my, most of the kids in my school were very STEM focused. Um, so everyone on the crew was cold email cold called um even the main actor Keong Lee who started the Maze Runner trilogy um and we raised 25k uh and shot the film July of 2019 um that short film went on to go play at uh uh or get in, get accepted into the uh, APA Visionaries competition got sold to HBO and now we're turning that into a feature film no, yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome. It's it's crazy to just sort of like, when you lay it all out, see like the transformations and stuff like that throughout your, you know, your own career. Um, and so what was, I know you touched on it a bit, but sort of what was the whole process of C like, how long did it take from like development to like film circuit? And then of course, talk about um, winning the HBO award and getting that distribution deal. Yeah, in terms of development for that short film, you know, like I mentioned, uh, it was entirely you know, I mean, you, you know, you know, when you're starting out, especially when you're coming from maybe a slightly underprivileged place, like, 
everyone you know is cold emailed. Everyone in the industry is, you know, starts with your action of like reaching out to them instead of someone else reaching out to you. Um, you know, and so it's all about the hustle. It's just all about uh, just finding the right people, you know, to work with. Um, and maybe they work with you just for that one project, but you know, you've got to like foster that community. I think that's what, you know, I try and do with my work is try and create a community. Um, uh, so that, you know, everyone is included. Um, and so, yeah, we, uh, some of the funds came from grants from my previous stop motion film, um, like winning awards, organizations, stuff like that. Part of it came from Kickstarter. Um, part of it came from my own personal savings from working at a lens rental company down the street. Um, we, yeah. And then, and then we just shot the film, you know, like everyone was literally everyone, everyone except the DP whose name is Will. Will Noyce and uh, I met Will uh, through a different organization called Young Arts um, the year prior, and he was the same age as me, so we were both like eighteen years old, I think, um, running around. And it was the first time he's shooting with an Alexa Mini, right? Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I'm directing a sh live action short film, and we're just like doing it, you know, with like a professional crew. Um, so that's how it came about and then oh also i guess the hbo thing um yeah just i just you know like i said i'm just a termite i'm just gnawing wood you know i'm just i just made my movie like edited during summer um i was a spring admit at usc so before coming in january before covid um i was just editing and freelancing out in la with will actually and uh just submitted it to the hbo apa visionaries competition on a whim and you know didn't think much of it um I didn't think much of the short either. I was like, oh, okay, like I made my thing. Like just t I told my story, like it's up to fate now. And so I, you know, submitted it uh, and then heard back. I just heard back and they were like, yeah, like, I don't know, you're accepted or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, just, uh, they've been, they've been cool. Yeah. And, you know, obviously having that labeled HBO label never hurts. So. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely doesn't. Um, and uh, like you said before, um, you know, working with Will, that's such a great learning opportunity to just sort of jump in heads first, even if you like haven't like necessarily like done it as much before. Um, there's just nothing like it. And of course, you know, you're in film school too. And so um, it's just great to work with other people like that. Yeah, no, totally. I think my motto, at least the things, the motto that's gotten me to where I am today um, is the idea of putting all of my eggs into one basket, you know, like, um, some people are like, you know, you got to strategize, you've got to like, w make make small movies until you can like work your make your big one, you know, like you've got to, you know, um, save your money for that big project for that big passion project, or whatever. But everything I've done has always been like, every project I do, I do it like it's my last one, you know, like put everything into it, all my money into it, um, all my effort, make it like if I were to die tomorrow, I'd be like, this is the story that I want to tell. Um, and then in that way, and like even on set, I'm like extremely meticulous about everything. Um, and that way, then that that product reaps more reward, I feel like, you know, it's always right. my films have always been able to like, bless my soul, like, thank God, but like has been able to financially recoup a lot of its funds or initial right. funds because I was able to kind of take a lot of risk and I think put everything into it, if that makes sense. No, yeah, for sure. And then so after C, um, your other sort of larger scale independent short film, Busan 1999 comes out. 
Um, it's won a lot of awards recently. So once again, congrats on that. But tell us a bit about what the film is about and then how that process, um, the sort of like second or third time around, you know, directing, how it was different from your prior projects. Yeah. Um, yeah I think a lot of people uh, don't realize how little I have done, actually, just because, you know, I've technically only done two live action shorts. Um, and one of them, my last one was on 1999, was on a whim. It was low budget. It was it was a one and a half day shoot. Um, and so I think people are like, oh, like you're so like, you made so many movies. You've done I've only made two short films and like one wasn't even like really a short film. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But basically, you know, that, that short film was on 1999 that came from um, when last year uh, my, my grandparents were getting old and they were getting sick uh, and dying. Um, and so my parents felt really bad and they tried to make an executive decision to, for our family to move to Korea permanently so that they can stay with their grandparents forever um, or for their last years. Um, that never happened, thankfully. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've decided now to visit Korea every single year. Um, so last year we, we visited for the first time in like a decade. Um, and, uh, on a whim, you know, I just, I wrote a meta short film about a Korean, an, a pregnant Korean American woman who goes back home to her mom's house. Um, and they bathe and they scrub each other, hoping to heal past wounds. Um, you know, it was just a way for me to not that, you know, it was also a way for me to capture my feelings as I left home from Boston and came to LA. Mm -hmm. um, and like the feelings of guilt and abandonment that I felt like, you know, I'm leaving my parents don't have any friends here. And um, even my little brother and coming out to LA to USC to party and have fun or whatnot. And just felt a lot of, you know, emotions there. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that short film was kind of a representation of my feelings and my parents feelings at the time I think you know and so on a whim yeah like I said I you know we wrote it I wrote it um uh went out to LA with the funds from HBO that like from the funds that I got from HBO uh buying the short and then uh just shot it it was it was a ridiculous one and a half day shoot because we didn't have a first AD to schedule uh, and that was my fault. Like, I thought that, oh, like, yeah, we can do this for one and a half days, you know, but obviously I'm not a first AD and we, we, for some reason, like didn't get a first AD. I don't know why. I think we're trying to save money or something. So the producer just first AD'd and it was a nightmare. The lights went out, the electricity went out for the first two hours. We're all like, oh, no. oh my God. Yeah. Um, and a cool, 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 uh, little fun fact about that short film is that we had initially cast like one of Korea's like biggest actresses um, for the grandmother role. Her name is Kim Hesuk. She's been in like a hundred TV shows and a hundred movies. Um, and she, yeah, she's like, you know, she's like the Meryl Streep of Korea. Um, but literally like three days before the shoot, um, she's like 70. So her like back gave out and she had to go to the hospital and we lost oh, her. No. She's fine now, but it was just, it was a crazy, crazy week. No, yeah. I mean, that, that sounds absolutely insane. A one and a half day shoot, that's like, you know, yeah, that's like unthinkable. But, um, and so, um, I mean, I guess you sort of touched on it a bit, but were there any other ways in which this sort of like 
second time you're doing it was like different or like what lessons did you take from C into Busan 1999? Uh, to be honest, I learned a lot from C, shooting C, right? But a lot of them didn't apply to this project because it was so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, one, it was, I was directing in a completely different language in a completely different country with completely different logistical rules. Um, and it was a extremely tight shoot without a first AD, without, you know, a crew that I could like boss around in English. You know what I mean? It was just a completely right. different environment. Um, so I think the lessons learned from each of those were very, very different and don't necessarily up, like intersect. Right. If that makes sense. No, no. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And so uh, as you're sort of, I mean, for either projects, do you ever have, I guess, like self-doubt as a creative? Because I know sometimes when you're, you know, working so hard, it could sort of get to you. I was just wondering if you ever dealt with that and if you had advice for people who uh, deal with it. I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, that's like a part of, a huge part of it, you know, just uh, self-doubt, um, thinking this is the worst thing. I mean, it's it's weird because I it's hard to feel that unless you're going through it, you know, like with anything. Um, I remember when I was like, whenever I'm writing something, I have so many phases. This is literally my phase. I'm, I'm, you know, I go from, oh, I've written it. This is the best thing I've ever written. This is the best thing I've ever read. This is incredible. I'm going to win. Like, this is going to be like the best movie I've ever seen. Um, and then you step away from it a couple weeks. You come back and you read it and you're like, this is the worst thing I've written. Like, yeah, I should literally just like throw my computer away and like burn it. Like, this is so 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 bad so cringy um so cheesy um and i think a lot of people have that you know um but then that's just the process you know you you have that and then you rewrite it and then you go like go you know oh this is amazing this is gold um i struck gold and then you come back to it and it's trash i think it's just a cycle and um i think what's most important is just i don't know just uh termite being a termite just gnaw on the wood just keep doing the thing you know um no yeah i, yeah. I mean absolutely i think i'm blanking on who said it but i think it might have been scorsese i don't want to like misquote because uh, you know we go to film school and they'll like hang you but i think it might have been him and he was like um like your film dies three times throughout the process it's like or like multiple times it's like once you have that first draft then you go through that phase of like oh my god this sucks it's the worst thing and then final draft once again dies after production editing room dies and then finally when it airs in theaters it's like it also dies in um a sort of like interesting way um mm -hmm. but I, I think that's definitely relevant to um what you just spoke on um and so now you know flash forward you're developing isle child which is um a feature-length film loosely based off of c um and so what has that been like so far for you uh, yeah, I mean, um, uh, I mean, we're still, uh, the thing I hate about the feature industry is just how slow it is. You know, you're on someone else's time, someone else's money, someone else's creative say, um, unlike the short film world. Um, and uh, the hardest part has just been adapting to that, you know, just that aggressively, uh, just annoyingly slow timeline. Um, and yeah, the heart, you know, we're in financing right now. We're in the financing stage. Um, I mean, it's been like two years 
from just development just to financing and and that and we're only at financing because we've decided to take matters into our own hands and not wait for a, comp- a company to say here's the money we're going to prove it to them by doing this thing called the WeFunder, which is like kickstarter but instead of being donation based it's equity based so anyone could be a film investor and so we're doing a community round where we get you know just friends family um people that we know people who are interested niche communities tech investors to invest in the film and uh basically prove to hollywood that we can raise the money and that there's an audience for this and that they're like look here's three hundred fifty thousand dollars to prove it you know um right so yeah 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 no yeah i mean that's fantastic and it's um such a smart service too because it really it gives everyone who wants to see the story like more stake in it and i i mean that's really great because you know um the people want to see it and you have an audience already. Um, and yeah, it's like a kind of like a F you to the studio system, which is definitely um, needed right now. Um, and then so the film is sort of like C, it's like an expanded version of C, right? Because I've seen C and then I all I also have read the sort of um, blurb for Isle Child. And so I guess tell us a bit about like the plot. Uh, yeah, I mean, the plot for the feature is just about um a young korean american uh adoptee from colonial conquered um who gets news that his birth mother wants to see him um and it's just about him kind of you know wrestling with whether to um you know preserve his american facade or embrace who he who he is in like his lonely beginnings you know um it's, you know, it's like an art house film. It's probably going to be slow, probably going to be um, very pretty. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. But um, that, that's, that's the that's the log line. No, yeah, I mean, that sounds fantastic. I, I can't wait to see it once it gets made. Um, but so no, yeah. And so like, as we start to wrap this up, I do have a few like more fun questions. Um, so the first one is, who is your dream collaborator? This is like your time to shoot your shot. Um, like actor wise or behind the camera, someone you'd want to work with? Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Barry Jenkins. I, I love that man to death. I hope he's not an asshole. <laughs> you know how they say never meet your hero? Um, yeah. I've met some of my heroes and they've turned out to be not so great people. Um, oh, so no. I'm just crossing my. Maybe I shouldn't meet him for that reason. But. I I love his work. I love what he has to say about filmmaking. Um, and maybe like I wouldn't really work with him per se, but you know I'd love to. You know, meet him and pick just, his brain. Yeah, yeah, and just be his friend. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, be yeah. No, absolutely. And so, where do you see yourself in five to ten years from now? Uh, I mean, I can't. I can never foresee the future. Like who knows what'll happen, you know, hopefully I'll be healthy and good. But um, I mean, ideally, I guess just doing what I'm doing now, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm content. I'm like at peace, right? Obviously like you're never like settled, you're never settling, but I am, I'm very thankful for where I am and like what I'm doing and what I get to do. Um, so I, I wouldn't trade it for, you know, anything in the world. Um, I'm just thankful that I've been able to 
do what I do and, and be healthy and have a, you know, healthy family. Um, and, and yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. And so um, lastly, where can people find out more about you, how to get involved with Isle Child? I know you have a website and stuff like that. Yeah, um, you know, the biggest thing right now I'm working on is funding that feature film. Um, if you or anyone you know uh, would be interested in becoming an investor and how that works is like, you know, it's an investment-based platform. So basically, if let's say you, you know, you, know, you invest a thousand dollars, then uh, if you invest right now on early bird terms, you make back 130% of your initial investment plus equity. And so if you invest a thousand, for example, Right now, as an early bird investor, you'd make back um, $1,300 plus, um, excuse me, however many shares that you buy with your initial investment, if that makes sense. So it's like a, if you invest 1000 1300 plus whatever percentage that you buy. So, and, and that, that link is in my, in my bio if you want to check it out. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's such a great opportunity. Um, and then I know you also have a website. Um, I guess people, if you're interested in um, Thomas's work or just learning more about him as a creative, um, definitely be sure to check that out. Um, but no, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, thank you again so much for um, joining us today. I think it was like a really great conversation and hopefully it inspired a few filmmakers out there to either get into it if they haven't already or to um, continue on this path. Um, but no, yeah, um, happy AAPI Heritage Month. Um, we have a few more Q&As coming up. Um, I really hope you guys continue to um, come and support. We have Kelly Yu on um, Monday, um, Nina Liu later in the week. Um, and then we might have a surprise guest popping in um, next week too. So um, I really hope you guys continue to come out and support um, and we'll see you then. Awesome. Thanks right. so much. Take care. Yeah, thank you. See you. Bye.